Well, it's another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast on the Sunday evening, afternoon. Not quite all the way dark yet. After the Thrill a Minute Bullet Makers pull out a 81-78 victory over Ohio State at Mackey Arena. Um, when Jay Nivey hit a three-pointer three with .6 seconds to play. Um, but I think as you've probably learned by now um, the, the the actual play with the score tied at 78 after Ohio State had come back from a 20 point deficit and Purdue even led by uh, 11 with 232 to play but the play after EJ Liddell tied the score on a three pointer as Purdue ran the clock down was supposed to go inside to Zach Eady. And Zach had a really good game today, and obviously Ohio State could not keep him under control uh, for most of the game, which is not a surprise because most teams can't do that either. Uh, the only thing that held Edie back on this day was his free throw shooting, but the play was supposed to go to Zach Edie, and Jay Nivey uh, didn't run the play correctly. He went the wrong way. And that left Purdue in a bit of a, a scramble mode. And Eric Hunter, to his credit, did not panic. He kept his composure. Uh, didn't try to attack the basket and score, which would have left, you know, if, if he makes a shot, that still would have given Ohio State time to, um, you know, get down and get get a shot, get a decent shot up. But I think you credit Eric Hunter, and then you know Ivy circled back and got the got the ball, and he he hit the three pointer right in front of Purdue's bench, and Purdue escaped. They survived. Uh, Ivy saved himself and his team. Um, you know, Painter didn't really flinch when the ball went in uh, because it was probably more of a relief than anything else because Purdue had not done the things that it had done to build the 20 point lead in the last four or five minutes um, that's you know that's the concern coming out of this game and you know Purdue had an 18 point lead at Iowa and it got down to four um, Purdue had a 19 point lead against Iowa at home and it got down to two. Purdue had a 10-point lead at Rutgers and lost. Um, so there, there is a pattern here. There is a trend here that, uh, you know, Purdue can't um, continue to go down this path uh, because it will, and it, has, and it has lost games when it's had double-digit leads. Um, but, you know, at the same time, as much as you're focused on what Purdue didn't do right, and you probably don't want to hear this, but, you know, Ohio State stepped up and made plays. E.J. Liddell, two three-pointers in the last, you know, within nine seconds of each other. Now, the second one came after a turnover by Purdue. But, you know, they had players that step up and make plays. Just like, you know, last year when Purdue came back against Ohio State at Ohio State, and Ivy hit the three-pointer to win it. You know, 
Purdue had players step up and make plays to get them back in the game. And just like when Purdue came back against Michigan State last year, Travion Williams was the guy that carried the load. You know, you're all invested in what your team does or doesn't do, and I get it, but there's always two sides to every story. Yes, Purdue could have guarded better. Purdue could have got a hand up. Purdue could have challenged shooters better. Purdue could have hit free throws. Purdue could have taken care of the ball a little bit better, even though it just had 10 turnovers, but only had two in the first half. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that Purdue should have done better and need. they need to do better as this season goes on to protect those leads. Uh, but, you know, on the other side, there's always a team that's that's fighting to get back into it. And, you know, and Ohio State got back into it. And that's that's a good team. Um, you know, they're they're now six and three in the Big Ten. They're not they're not out of it by any means. You know, Purdue stayed connected to the top of the league with the win. But yeah, I mean it's you know, you gotta protect a twenty point lead at home, you gotta protect the eleven point lead the last two minutes at home. Yeah, all, all those things uh definitely uh need to happen. So, you know, that's why maybe the the excitement of the last second shot, while it resonated with the players, it probably didn't resonate with the coaching staff as as much. As I said, probably more of a relief than anything else that, you know, they, they kind of, you know, they bailed themselves out of a, of a tough situation. Um, so, and it's all these... You know, as we mentioned, all those little things that kind of continue to haunt them uh, at the end of games or in the second half after they've reached that that point um, where you know you're missing, you know you're missing free throws. Uh, and the other thing that you know, as much focus as you put on the defensive end, as far as trying to stop the other team, you know Purdue needs to be better offensively in those situations as well. Now, Eric Hunter's three-pointer with two and a half to go should have sealed it. But when it didn't, Purdue still needs to be better on the offensive end. You know, when they score two, you got to score two. You know, you can't let them score three and then you score nothing. You know, Purdue needs to have better, better composure uh, on the offensive end in those situations and not jack up the first shot that comes their way you know you need to run the shot clock you need to to milk that thing a little bit more and you know and obviously you want to go inside to either Travion Williams or Zach Eady and then if they get fouled they need they need to hit their free throws and you know a lot of this angst at the end of games is solved if Purdue takes care of business early on you know that Zach Eady doesn't go over three from the free throw line to start the game or, you know, Purdue, Purdue's missing free throws in the first half. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a full game for a reason. You play the 40 minutes. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end, you know, Purdue wins. Purdue won the game, 81-78. Yes, you know, there are some some concerns there, and there are always going to be concerns uh, of how they're going to handle the, the second half there. But we'll... we'll you know, what, what would you rather have? A 20 point lead <laughs> trying to hang on or trying to come back from 20 points uh, against a team like a Ohio State? So, 
again, Purdue's now 18 and three. Uh, they're seven and three in the league. Uh, halfway point of the Big Ten. They're in a great position to to be right there at the end. Uh, they got a they have they do have a um, you know a really tough stretch coming up as all Big Ten teams do. But before we look at that, just a, a few more things about um, today's game. Mason Gillis was a was a monster on the boards in the second half. He had ten second half rebounds. Came up with a couple really really big rebounds. Got fouled on one. Uh, hit a couple big free throws. Uh, he, he's your kind of silent MVP of this game. Just the way that he worked. Um, he worked on the rebounds. Uh, you know, he was guarding EJ Liddell most of the game. And I know EJ, you know, hit a couple big threes late. Uh, but he was physical with him. Uh, they were going back and forth a little bit. You know, I'm sure there was some chirping, uh, going on. Um, but, you know, Mason played extremely physical tonight uh, against uh, Liddell. Uh, and, you know, I, as I've said before and I've written, I think that, you know, Purdue's a much better basketball team uh, when Mason Gillis is on the floor, especially when he's doing what he did tonight uh, in the rebounding department. I mean, the guy is just pure hustle and toughness on the boards. I think he forces as many jump balls than anybody else. I mean, I, I don't keep account of that, or I don't think anybody does, but I know he I know he uh, he forces a lot of jump balls. He's not afraid to stick his nose in there uh, and get dirty and get physical um, to, to help himself and help help his team. Uh, he, so he was kind of an under under the radar guy tonight, and, and Zach had a really good game. I mean, he was seven and nine from the field, uh, but you know the six of eleven free throws. Now he, he started out slow; he was zero for three, uh, so that made him you know six of six of eight. You know, after the slow start, so it, you know it's he got he got through the rough part. And the strange thing about his free throw shooting was. All of them were short. The first three were just short. Uh, and you could tell when it left his hand that it was going to be short. Um, so, you know, that's just something that he needs to, to work through. Uh, and you don't, I, I don't think you make a big deal about free throw shooting, you know, from a, from a coaching standpoint. Because, you know, as Painter has said and all coaches say, they're not going up there trying to miss. You know, they're, they're going up there trying to hit. And, you know, you can go out and shoot 100 every day, and you're still going to miss some free throws. It's just It's the way it works. You don't hit them all. I, I can't remember the last time somebody that shot a lot of free throws in a season finished at 100%. So, you know, they, they do miss them. You know, you know, what Purdue needs to do is just kind of um, prevent as many misses as possible Uh because you know those points in the first half when you're missing are important because they come back when you have a lead and you've given up the lead they come back and haunt you so that's why you know it, th those those are those are extremely important in the first half and they become magnified in the second half you know Purdue just has to do a better job shooting free throws now i guess you could come back and you know some of it is who's shooting the free throws and 
you know, as I've mentioned before, Zach Eady was a really good free throw shooter last year, and he was on the floor at the end of games because he could hit free throws. And he was on the floor because Travion Williams has always struggled as a free throw shooter. Um, so, but in Big Ten play this year, Zach has struggled shooting free throws. Again, he can go out and shoot 100 every day, but he's still going to miss some. And you, the, your hope is that, okay, he went 0 for 3 today to start, but he finished 6 of 8. Does that does that carry over into the next game? Is he Does he gain some confidence out of that and all that kind of stuff? So um, it, it depends who's at the line. You know, that's why teams sub in different guys at the end because you want your better free throw shooters out there. I know Eric, Eric Hunter Jr. missed a couple today, and that's... You know, he missed a couple at Iowa late. Um, so it's it's just it's kind of running through everybody right now, um, and you'd like to see them be able to close out a close game by hitting free throws, which they have before. But as you get in the month of February in this final month of the regular season, you know you want to see that more frequently. You want to make. You want to make teams pay for five. Zach, he got fouled ten times today. Ten times. You know, Ohio State was called for 22 fouls, and ten of them were on Edie. So he goes to the free throw line 11 times. You got to make teams pay. You got to make teams uh, pay the price when you're going to foul that many times. And, and, you know, and teams are going to get physical with Edie. They've been getting physical all year. They know they're not going to call everything. That's part of it. But when they do call it, you've got to you've got to step up and hit free throws, and and no one again, no one's trying to miss them. But it's just it's part of it. It's what they you know what what Purdue needs to do here as they get in the month of February is you know improve that free throw shooting as a team. Um, and a lot of it's just you know having the right guys. I mean, Jay Nabi was two for seven at Iowa, and he, I think he was three for three uh, today. Uh, you know, part of that could have been he was out for a game, and now that he's played, he, he's back into it. Uh, so uh, it's just you know it's something that needs to improve. And you know, as as they get into this next week's schedule, you know, it's something that's going to be really really important for them to do is hit the free throws. I mean, the other thing today, I mean, I know in it, I know there was a big turnover late, but Purdue only had two turnovers in the first half. Uh, now they ended up with eight in the second half, which is not a good number. I know with 12 minutes to play, they only had six. So they've slowly come around in the turnover department. And I think certain teams are going to cause them problems from a turnover standpoint. Iowa does with their press. You know, Purdue had turned it over, I think, and combined 32 times in the two games. Uh, so certain teams are going to cause them problems with the press. You, you kind of expect a, a certain number when you play you know, specific teams, but it was good to see the turnovers down uh, in this game, uh, you know, Purdue did a great job in the paint, getting there with Ivy and then the bigs, uh, so, and the other thing that, that stood out today, I, I think Purdue, and I, I, this is probably not something that uh, everyone will agree with, and not that you should, but there, there were stretches there in the first half and stretches in the second half until all hell broke loose that Purdue had played probably some of its best half-court defense of the season. Um, 
there were you know there were a handful of possessions there where they didn't let they they didn't let Ohio State get to the spots that it wanted to get. It forced them into a more difficult shot than what they were wanting to get. Um, and I, I thought there were stretches there where the defense was better. It it still needs to be better, but I thought there were enough stretches. Um, in this game that if it ended up a 15 point game 70 to 55 or 80 to 65 that one of the themes that we would be talking about from this game would be I think the improved defensive effort uh, defensive performance from this team because I, I thought they had better stretches in the half court than they've had most of the year so it, it is slowly coming around but Again, you know, this team is can be really good offensively, and I think they're going to continue to be good offensively. And not that you shouldn't worry about uh, defense. You know, you need to play it. You need to step up and make some stops and challenge people. I just thought Purdue did a much better job of that for longer periods today than they have in any of the recent games and, and probably you know in the Big Ten when, you, when you're so slowly looking at the Big Ten um, I think today was one of their better better stretches but they didn't do it for 40 minutes and you've got to do it for 40 minutes uh, to really to really have that kind of impact but I thought it was a step forward for them and we'll see what happens this week when they play Minnesota uh, and Michigan uh, to to get things going uh, in a in a difficult uh, stretch for for Purdue, uh, it's gonna you know it's gonna be the start of a lot of games in a short period of time. Uh, you're gonna play Michigan twice within like five or six days. You got Illinois in there, which is gonna be a huge game because Illinois in Wisconsin right now lead the conference at eight and two. You know Purdue's just a game behind. And you know if you can if you can beat Illinois again, that gives you a big tiebreaker because uh, you would have beaten them twice. You know Purdue needs to take care of business Wednesday against Minnesota, um, and then you've got Michigan, which is playing a lot better. I know they got they got beat by Michigan State Saturday, but they're playing a whole lot better uh, than they than they uh, were earlier in the year, and they've got some weapons. And, uh, Purdue's going to have to. Uh, really, you know that that Michigan, Illinois, Michigan, Maryland stretch is really going to, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a bit of a defining stretch for Purdue whether whether they can, you know, get up to the top of the league after that stretch. And so it's you know it's coming as as in as is a, a snow a snowstorm is supposed to come as well. Uh, this week uh, in Indiana, so uh, a lot of chaos getting set to happen. Anyway, that's uh, that's the picture from Mackey Arena uh, on this Sunday. Uh, entertaining game, uh, probably not as entertaining as you wanted it to be. Uh, you were probably ready to get on with football when uh, when Purdue was up twenty, but you know they keep you they keep you glued to your seats. Um, so. Anyway, they're, you know, halfway point. 
they're in good shape from a record standpoint. Just need to, uh, you know, finish out games in a better fashion, uh, and uh, just kind of keep pushing forward uh, 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 with everything. So, some improvement in some areas, some things still to work on, but um, you know, at the end, you know, you get the win, and then you uh, you move on. And you know, as Painter said after the game, so you don't want to. You don't want to lose sight of a lot of the the good things that Purdue did today, and there were, but you know there were there were some concerns about that too. Yes, a lot of areas need to get cleaned up, uh, you know, and they'll 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 start getting on that this week, and um, you know hopefully you know the free throws come around, you know the defense continues to improve, uh, and uh, you know Purdue. Purdue can, uh, you know, push forward and get into this final month and uh, make a charge for uh, the Big Ten championship. Appreciate you stopping by. Uh, enjoy the, the football games, uh, the NFL championship games, and then uh, Purdue's at Minnesota Wednesday. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll recap that game after, after uh, the visit to the barn up in Minneapolis. Again, thanks for stopping by, and have a good day.